0: Hello again, it's Monday, it's time for another episode of Monday Mayhem, a podcast brought to you by Straight Up Sports Talk. Every Monday, recapping the week in the NFL, Uh, sprinkling some college football in there as well, we'll get to all of that today, but excited to be here yet on another Monday, week two of the NFL completed, and uh, it was an exciting one, some great games, and we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, Sam, just uh, tell me, how how was your weekend, you know, watching the NFL once again?
1: Uh, Really solid. I'm pretty sure everything I said last uh, episode basically came true as far as I remember. Like, Russell Wilson was going off. You have the 49ers taking care of business. You have the, I I forget all I said, but I'm pretty sure it all came true as far as I remember. But, yeah, I, I think it went pretty well. I got a dub in fantasy as well. Yeah, it
0: was a, it was a good weekend for me as well. Um, I got to ask, Sam, are you surprised that we have not had a game postponement because of a uh, player or coach testing positive for COVID-19?
1: I mean, I would say yes for the matter of fact that we've seen several college teams do it. But I'm not surprised in the fact that the NFL has the resources to kind of Keep this under wraps in a way. i like in before this season. I was kind of skeptical, but seeing how the NFL has been able to kind of control it, I'm not really surprised at this point.
0: Yeah, I was a I'm a little bit surprised just because you know the NFL is not using that bubble aspect. They are traveling to games and stuff like that. But again, I think that that the NFL, like you said, the resources that they're using, I think is, is benefiting them greatly. And I think uh, that it, that was an encouraging news to see. You know, two straight weeks and no real COVID scares um, from the NFL side of things, which is fantastic. I got to say, I think uh, one of the things that we should be tracking this season, Sam, is the NFL coaches' face masks. I feel like every coach has a different face mask, and I just like them, you know. Uh, we have, we have the, the coaches with the hat. I saw Mike Zimmer and, and Andy Reid with the hat with the face shield on it thought all of them were creative what is what has been your favorite uh, face shield that you or mask that you've seen so far by an
1: nfl coach um i gotta go with bill belichick the like sl- like it's so slim it just doesn't look like it covers his entire face like you see all the nfl head coaches like you mentioned andy Reid with the giant and then he's got this tiny little face mask that barely even covers his mouth like it does it does its job but at the end of the day it's just like it doesn't. It doesn't look like it's doing much.
0: Yeah, uh, you bring up a good point there. I'm pulling up an image. Oh yeah, he's got like the the penguin style mask on, mm-hmm. but it does not really cover up his mouth. I think yeah. he's just going for the nose. But uh, yeah, it's been interesting to, to see that and follow that. I don't. I don't really understand. Why the coaches have to wear masks? Because the players aren't wearing them when they're on the sidelines. Obviously, they've been tested. Obviously, the coaches have been tested. Mm-hmm. If everyone on that sideline doesn't have COVID-19, why? I don't really understand why they have to wear masks. I know the NFL is trying to make statements and, and encourage people to wear masks and stuff like that. But you know, in the end, if every essentially, you know, if everybody on the sideline tested mm-hmm. negative for COVID-19. They really shouldn't have to wear a mask in the first place. Now, most coaches don't wear a mask, which I think is perfectly fine. Um, But I just find it interesting in that aspect that, you know, if everybody tested negative but we're still wearing masks, I don't really know what the point of that is, I guess.
1: I mean, yeah, it's the same thing when we see what we've seen in the bubble where we see everybody wearing a mask. Yeah, it's because everybody's test negative. Like we see the reporters, they still do six feet and whatnot. So it doesn't really make sense on that aspect. I think they're just doing it more than – for the look of it just like they're doing it so it encourages people to do it like it doesn't make sense because obviously they've tested negative as you said but i think it's just for more appearances than anything other than like like uh, it does anything
0: all right let's get into some actual nfl conversation enough on the COVID 19 front uh don't forget to follow us on twitter straight up sports talk on twitter i'm uh, always tweeting the latest episodes there and and all of that fun stuff on that twitter site um so uh, another week in the NFL, another week of our locks, Sam. Both of your uh, picks went correct this week. You had the Broncos to cover against the Steelers. They did that. And then you had uh, another cover on there, the Patriots, I believe, to cover. Or no, you had the, the Jags to cover against the Titans. You got both of those. Sam's 4-0 and in his locks. Uh, I lost. I, I had the Cowboys to cover at 3.5 points. They didn't. Um, so I'm now 3-1, and one, and my other, my other pick was a win, the Cardinals covering over the Washington football team. All right, Sam, now that we're two weeks in, I, I was thinking about this earlier today. The NFC West has to be, well, they're obviously right now the best division of football, but all season long I think they're going to be the best division, the most dominant division in football this season.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think there's any disagreements when you look at the NFC West. Yes, we've seen the 49ers obviously getting devastated from injuries, but when you look at top to bottom from what they're from where they stand, you've got the Cardinals who are 2-0 and right now. You've got the Seahawks who are 2-0. and You've got the 49ers and the Rams. From top to bottom, that's got to be the toughest division in football, 1-4. through four. Any team can get a win each week. It's not like the AFC East where there's uh, the Jets where you have a bottom feeder. The West is very competitive this year.
0: It is. They're the only uh, division that does not have a team that's 0-2. Three teams are 2-0, and and uh, the 49ers are 1-1. This could be a division where we see three teams from that division go to the playoffs. You have your division winner and then the two wild cards. So uh, on, on that front, you know – you look at other teams like the Bucks, the Bears, uh, the Cowboys potentially, uh, the Giants are, or the Washington football team battling for, for that last wild card spot. I'm not saying that, that you know anything is guaranteed because we're just two weeks in, but on an overreaction Monday, that's what we like to do. So uh, when, when you look at, at the teams right now and you're, you're kind of thinking down the road playoffs, you look at that NFC West and I think all four of those teams are playoff-worthy teams. Obviously, the 49ers are going to have some issues with injury that, that just kind of plagued the entire NFL yesterday, which is something crazy that we're going to get into here in a little bit. But when you look at top to bottom um, in that division, it's really it really is stacked. And obviously, honestly, the Cardinals might be the best team in that division.
1: Maybe. Well, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to wait till the Cardinals play the Seahawks because I just think Russell Wilson is just a different breed. Bill Belichick has said it in the past. He's the best player. He doesn't see anybody touching Russell Wilson. So I think the Seahawks have an edge in that regard, but I definitely think that the Cardinals have a definite shot to be the number one team in that division.
0: Cardinals play the Lions next week. should be a win there. Uh, the Seahawks, uh, like you mentioned there, saying the Seahawks next week, I believe – they are on not not a buy yet, but I can't find. Oh, well, there they are. Uh, D- Dallas hosting Dallas next week, so uh, another challenge there for Seattle. Dallas, by the way, Sam. All right, mm-hmm. talk about a game right there. I mean, I was I wasn't really watching. I was just following on ESPN because my our local broadcast gave us Chiefs Chargers for whatever reason instead of Cowboys and the Falcons. Not my uh, <laughs> not my choosing, but. Anyways, they, that's the that's the game they gave us, and it turns out it was a better game, I guess. If you want to say it went into overtime, their Chiefs Chargers. But anyways, back to my point: the Cowboys, Falcons, Falcons really had them. They did, just like they had the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and just lost it. I mean, if you if you haven't seen the end of that game, you need to go watch like the final four minutes because the Cowboys, who are down two possessions, go down and score. Or honestly, with like five minutes to go, they're down three possessions because they scored. They stopped the Falcons on a on a, a third down, and then they went down and scored, and then got the ball back and kicked a field goal. So it was crazy. They they recovered an onside kick, which they haven't done that since 2014, um, and the Falcons really botched that game, Sam.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. It shows once again that Dan Quinn, in my opinion, shouldn't be the Falcons head coach. I know I've been talking to Falcons uh, fans. They're not happy about it either. They're tired of Dan Quinn at a wall. But I was talking to my friend Caleb, who I was watching the games with, and I was like, don't count the Cowboys out of it. They have such a dynamic offense that you can't count the Cowboys out of it. They have three tough receivers, not to mention Zeke and Dak, not to mention their new tight end. I forget his name, but he's been showing up. Like The Cowboys, even though I didn't pick them to win last week um, on the Yahoo Weekly Pick'ems, I think you can't be sleeping on that Cowboys' offense. Like, I understand they gave up 39 points, but the Cowboys with their offense just can't be slept on by any means.
0: Their offense is very good, and C.D. Lamb is a very, very good football player, and he proved that yesterday uh, besides a a stupid penalty that he had there uh, close to the end of the game. But uh, nevertheless, you know, I I thought that the Cowboys, their offense looks good. Their defense needs some work, but their offense looks good. They got a great kicker in Greg Zerline, who is – you know, he's the best kicker in the league, in my opinion, mm-hmm. right now.
1: Over Justin Tucker? Over
0: Justin Tucker. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I mean, Zerline, what he did with the Rams and then now coming to the Cowboys, I think he is the best kicker in the league uh, right now. Um, there, there's some, like Justin Tucker's up there, obviously, but but uh, Zerline with what he did yesterday, I was watching that at the end of that game. That was just a crazy inning. I couldn't, mm-hmm. you know, it was like a movie that you were watching. The onside kick, too, I mean, the outside kick, they completely botched it. The, the Falcons let them, I mean, just watched it roll right past them, and they didn't pick it up. So, um, yeah, kudos to the Cowboys, I guess. Uh, in, in that win, you know, the Falcons just, they have a thing with blowing leads in Texas, I guess. So, mm-hmm. uh, other other games from this weekend I wanted to get to here. The Packers <laughs> over the Lions, 42-21. to They put up 40-plus in their first two weeks, Sam. Uh, the Packers... They are, I think they're better than people are giving them credit for.
1: Yeah, I th- I have Aaron Rodgers in fantasy, so he he did quite a uh, good job giving me some fantasy points. Not as good as Week One, but I'll still take it. But I think the Packers are. Um are pretty for real. It's gonna be interesting to see how the Packers kind of adjust without Devontae Adams. I see a lot more Aaron Jones involvement, but forty two points, the defense looks solid for the Packers. Lions once again after losing to the Bears, losing that late lead, once again losing to another divisional opponent with the Packers, disappointing to see. But yeah, I think the Packers are for real.
0: Yeah, I agree. Then a lot of people, you know, the offseason the draft, you know, they take Jordan Love and uh, I, I think they've kind of just pushed all that to the side and said, hey, let's just play football here. I mean, I think that's what kind of Aaron Rodgers is trying to do, uh, and he's going to have another big game uh, coming up next Sunday in New Orleans on Sunday Night Football. It will be a fantastic game, I'm sure, a shootout, an offensive battle if you don't take the over in that game. Um you know, you're going to lose a lot of money if you take the under. But I think, you know, that game's going to be definitely one that is going to be fun to watch uh, this weekend, and I think um, we should have a good time doing that. All right, Sam, uh, a couple of other games we wanted to get to this weekend. From this weekend, I should say, Rams, Eagles. The Eagles are just terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, shout-out to the custodian coming in to check our trash can. Was that <laughs> was that who just walked in? Wasn't I think really paying so. Attention. I not Yeah. So sorry if you heard that background noise, but shout out to him. Thanks for keeping the the residence halls clean here. But the Rams this weekend moved to 2-0 in Philadelphia. Eagles are just bad. How good are the Rams though? I mean, they they took down the Cowboys and they beat the Eagles. I still need to see a couple more games against maybe some stiffer opponents to judge. You know what the Rams exactly are this season?
1: Yeah, I I don't think the Rams are like past years where they're going to just go on all cylinders and put up 40 points. I think they're more in the mindset of after of after losing that game against the Patriots in the Super Bowl, of just winning games. And that's what they've done. They didn't kill the Cowboys with points. They didn't try to do that. They controlled the line of scrimmage in Week 1. and Week 2, they did put up a lot of points, but that's because the Eagles allowed them to do so. But I think the game plan is simple for the Rams. Use that three-headed backfield. Use Jared Goff. Slow down the game. And then just win games. Because they're not – I don't I don't think they're all about explosive plays anymore.
0: Yeah, they're not. And, and you know, you do whatever you can to win in the NFL. And, that, and that's what the Rams really have done these first couple of weeks. They're at Buffalo this weekend, which should be a good matchup. Uh, the Bills, who are 2-0 as well, came back and beat the Dolphins yesterday, uh, 31-28 there in Miami. Um a couple of other games, the Cardinals. We already talked about them. The overtime game, chiefs Charges. Did you see the? Did you Did you watch the end of that that overtime matchup? I did. Justin Herbert, he's yeah. good. Yeah, I he's mean, still- I think he's good. I think he's solidified himself as a starter for the next few weeks. Who knows how long Tyrod Taylor is going to be out? But I don't think it matters at this point. I think it is to Justin Herbert. Uh, if he can continue to win games.
1: I, I don't know. It's, I, like, I agree with you, he should be, but Anthony Lynn has come out and publicly said that it's Tyrod's job, win healthy. So I don't know what the Chargers are doing. Justin Herbert I was a big fan of. I watched him um, just tear, or not tear up, but, like, kind of, kind of do his job and th- do a respectable job against the Chiefs and considering he only knew seconds before kickoff, he did a he did a tremendous job. He did, and.
0: You know, I, I get the whole thing, you know, if the quarterback wins the job before the season, you know, it's his job. But also at this point, what are you getting with Tyrod Taylor that you're not – or that you that you are, are not getting with Justin Herbert at this point? I mean, Tyrod Taylor is a guy who sat behind Joe Flacco for several years, went to Buffalo, couldn't do anything, um, and now is with the Chargers. I think he's been a couple other places mm-hmm. along the way. So, I mean, what exactly are you getting with him? I mean – if Justin Herbert's your future, mm-hmm. seeing how he played against arguably the best team in the league, the defending champions and the Chiefs, I'm kind of starting to wonder. Okay, why don't we just see what Herbert can do here? Mm-hmm. If we need to throw a tie rod back in there, we can. But honestly, if Herbert's the future and he played this well in his first debut, like you said, he knew 30 seconds before kickoff mm-hmm. basically that he was going to be the starter. I mean, I'm kind of I'm sticking with with Herbert if I'm yep. Anthony Lynn and I'm the general manager there in LA because honestly, you're not getting that much more, with Tyra Taylor. I he's a backup quarterback. I think and I, I've even said that when he went to Buffalo. He is a backup quarterback. That's that's what he is. He'll come in and he can put a band-aid on there, okay? But he's not gonna give you stitches that's a permanent fix for the future. So I think that it is Justin Herbert's uh, team or not his team necessarily yet, but it is his job. I think they should give it to Herbert here. See what he can do these next few weeks.
1: I, I completely agree. When I was watching that uh, Chargers game, that offense just looked so much better than week one against the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, Tyrod's a, a, like, he's a backup quarterback, as you mentioned. He's he's an okay starter. But when Justin Herbert was in there throwing into Keen Allen, my fantasy re- receiver, that that offense, like, I like it just clicked, not just because I, I had Keen Allen fantasy, but I was watching that game. Like, the amount of throws he just put on the – Dimes to Hunter Henry to him to uh, Mike Williams like it was just so much better of an offense. Austin Eckler looked better. I just think they need to move forward past Tyrod Taylor. I know they like him in that uh, front office, but at some point you see the talent level and you see the potential. I think you gotta move forward with Justin Herbert. It
0: yeah you know, yeah it's easier to sell to your fan base too. I think you know you obviously don't have fans there now, mm-hmm. but I mean just just building that fan base up because. Honestly, you know, J- Herbert is the future in LA. It's not Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor might be there for two more years, and then he's he's gone. Mm-hmm. So let's just roll with Herbert here and, and see what can happen. Uh, the Colts this weekend, big winners over the Vikings, a bounce back win after they completely botched Week One in Jacksonville. Uh, I saw a lot of things from this team that I liked in Week Two that I did in Week One. One of them being the defense. Uh, this is going to be. A team that relies on his defense all season, and that's that is going to be the the formula for the Colts.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm there with you. I was I was happy. I was satisfied with the Buckner's um, compared to week one. He did have that safety as we saw, but I still want to see more out of him. I don't want to see a one and a half side game. Spinning a first-round pick and giving him that massive contract, I want two to three sacks. Maybe that's a lot to ask for, but I'm expecting it from you got him, Justin Houston, on that side. I'm expecting big things from that defense. And I was super happy with the Colts' game plan, which was to hand it off to Jonathan Taylor, not give it to Philip Rivers to sling it 50 times. And I think that's the reason they won them.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. And I go back to a couple of years ago with Andrew Luck. That year they went 10-6. and six. It wasn't a pretty 10-6. and six. I mean, I was – I uh, was doing talks, sports talk radio at this point. Uh, you know, I was just getting into it, and I'm still doing it now. But and it's nice because now I have you know past seasons to <laughs> reference. But when I was doing, you know, when I when I was doing my radio show in high school, you know, this was a team. It wasn't a pretty ten and six. I mean, it was games that you know had you watch into the final buzzer. So I think this is what this year's team is going to be like. Um, it's not going to be pretty but they're going to win games. and I think this is the identity of the Colts. I think this is what you're going to have to get used to, Colts fans, while you're watching. It's not going to be gunslinging it down the field. It's going to be dink and dunk, run the ball, you know, run the ball for five yards, throw it for three, run it for two, and get the first down. Um, I think that's going to be the the makeup, and the defense is going to have to be there to make big plays, get two interceptions a game, uh, force fumbles and all that stuff. So I think this is kind of the identity that, that the Colts have kind of built up here two weeks in. And now, you know, you mentioned the defense, too. I wanted to get to that with, with Buckner and Houston and all that. This is where the preseason helps you because you get that kind of, um, you know, those live-action reps on defense. I think, uh, you know, as the season goes on, we'll see those two kind of uh, progressively get better, get more used to the system, mesh with the other guys there. And ultimately uh, become a havoc in quarterbacks' uh, backfield. So I think that uh, this is going to be the kind of identity that we see from the Colts from here on out. Uh, not a pretty, not a pretty ten and six, but
1: uh, or not a pretty win, uh, but a win nonetheless. And I, I, I think we're kind of modeling this team after the Tennessee Titans. We're going to pound and ground with basically our Derrick Henry, and then we're going to do a bunch of play actions with Phillip Rivers slash Ryan Tannehill, and then have a solid defense on the back end to help lower the strain on that offense. And I think that's the perfect formula for this team. We're not looking to uh, outgun you like you said. We're just looking to win games, and I think that's what's going to get the Colts to the playoffs.
0: I think you're right. And uh, so coming up next for the Colts, um, you know, they – they won yesterday. they playing the Jets. And the next four, they play the Jets, the Bears, the Browns, and there's another. Um, oh, the Bengals. They got the Bengals in there as well. Those are the next four. Um, don't quote me on the order, but uh, those are the next four. Uh, yeah, uh, the Jets at Chicago, at Cleveland, and then home again for the Bengals. Um, and those are all winless teams except Cleveland, who's got one win. So, I think the Colts are in a position to maybe win four straight, get three out of four possibly. Uh, in Chicago is going to be a tough game and a tough matchup for them, but uh, I think they have a really good chance to do some good things here in the next four four weeks.
1: I, I think so, but when you look at the st- what, like what disappoints me about the Colts is just i don't know whether it's just my sense but they just seem to disappoint me some game in the season whether it was the dolphins last year it was the jaguars week one which we didn't know the jaguars were going to be as like good as they were but these next four games should be winnable games but when i look at this colts team i i don't know if it strikes confidence like i feel like even though we should win against the jets the bingles and the browns maybe not the bears I see possibly two and two. Like maybe that's just my Colts instinct. They they always disappoint me at some week in the season, so I'm just kind of lowering my expectations at this point. Oh, 100.
0: percent They could go one and three here. They really could, um, because Joe Burrow is is good and getting better. The Bears, I don't really know what to make of them yet because they're they started good last season, right? They started I think three and two or four and one, something like that. And then they just, you know, the, the train went off the tracks hard. So that's going to be a tough game. It's in Soldier Field, but uh, yeah, the Colts could go. They could go anywhere, and I'm expecting anywhere from four and zero to one and three. And it just depends what Colts team shows up, what kind of play calling uh, that we got going on that day. So I think it'll be uh, interesting to watch these next few weeks and see how uh, uh, how the Colts play out here in the next few weeks. Uh, we'll get to a majority of next week's games on our weekend prep episode on Friday, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, the Seahawks Patriots Sunday night game, Cam goes to 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 Seattle. It was one of those. It was a classic Patriots Seahawks matchup, back and forth, high
1: scoring. Uh, Sam, so any takeaways from that Sunday night matchup that we saw last night? I mean, Russell Wilson. Even even though I've been preaching his name, like people. P, like I don't think people realize still how good Russell Wilson is. The amount of, like, not even the touchdowns that he threw. It was just the effortlessness of him. Like he just like flicked it. They were wide open. Like I don't know whether to give more credit to the offensive coordinator or to Russell Wilson because both those together, are it's, it's just magic at this point. Russell Wilson was just tearing apart that defense, except for that one pick six, which really wasn't his fault because the receiver bobbled it, hit, done recording, and took it back for six. But I'm really impressed by Russell Wilson's job. And he even scored a touchdown on the defensive player of the year last year. I mean, what more could you ask for? Yeah, he did. and. Uh, you've been shouting his name from the
0: mountaintops for MVP this year, and Chris Collinsworth said the same last night on the broadcast. Um, and I'm I'm kind of right there with you. I think that that he has a great chance to take this team far, a competitive NFC West that he's playing in. The Patriots, So the Patriots look well. They played as well as they could, I thought, with Cam Newton. The last play of the game, a little questionable. A little questionable. Um, they're on the two- and uh, they ran it with Cam to try to get in, but that didn't work. Um, So a little questionable in the last play of the game there that could have potentially won it, and I think we're having a different narrative if the Patriots are uh, 2-0 and the Seahawks are 1-1 coming into today. But the Seahawks are are playing as well as they could be Um, right now. I think just two weeks in they've shown a lot of what they can be uh, this season.
1: Yeah, and no doubt. And like I talked about last week, I wanted them to hand the ball off to Chris Carson. I believe he got like 14, 15 touches, which is solid. Russell Wilson still had a lot of throws, still had uh, a major part in the game plan. But I like that they gave the ball to Chris Carson more just – Just ease the ball. I I understand I'm all about Russell Wilson, and he's an amazing athlete, but I think they just need to – this is a long season. You need to get through 16 games. We've seen a lot of players get hurt. Just manage his workload, not completely, but just a little bit, to give uh, Russell Wilson a bit of a break.
0: He's got some great playmakers there. D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett I think are going to be phenomenal pieces to that offense this season. Uh, Saints-Raiders tonight, Monday Night Football, the opening of Allegiant Stadium, not as – uh, fancy, I guess you could say, as uh, SoFi Stadium, which was $5 billion, which is an absolute phenomenon of a stadium. Um, but, uh, Sam, anything else you wanted to get to before uh, we get out of here today?
1: Um, I'm I'm trying to look. I, I want to I wanna touch on the Jaguars-Titans real quick because I was just super impressed by the way the Jaguars have done this season when everybody counted them out. They kept it, even though I did get a win on it, like I, predict, like I predicted that they would keep it close. I was super impressed with their effort from the offense. The defense was sus, but Gardner and Minshew, James Robinson, DJ Chark, Keenan Cole, it, w- it was just a phenomenal effort from that offense.
0: Oh, it definitely was. Um, yeah, the Jaguars, who I think, honestly, this season, I think are going to be kind of a conundrum for most NFL teams to to beat. I mean, they're trying to tank, but they're not really at the same time. I don't know. We're going to have a trash can of a festival on Thursday night this week, Miami at Jacksonville for the Thursday night matchup. So um, we could see a close game there. Uh, But, yeah, like you said, Jacksonville keeping it close, and they obviously beat the Colts, so they kept it close against the Titans. I don't know if it says more about the Colts and the Titans or it does about the Jaguars, but – We'll see if the Jaguars could uh, start intentionally losing games here in the near future. I don't, I don't foresee that happening because, uh, quite honestly, Jacksonville Jaguars don't look too bad. I think Gardner Minshew is trying to prove himself here. You know, even if, even if they are tanking for Trevor, right? He's gonna. Are, are
1: they tanking for Trevor uh, if he
0: I, does as good? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This was a, you know, same thing last year with the Dolphins tank for Tua. Well, they got Tua. You know, they won four games, but they still got him. Um but, you know, Gardner Minshew here, he obviously probably kind of knows that he's not going to be the quarterback next season. Uh, but he's trying to prove to other NFL teams, I can be your backup or I can even be your starter, I think is what he's trying to prove right now. Um, obviously, he is not going to be intentionally tanking. So I think it could be interesting to see, watch his play and, and see
1: how he does over the next.
0: Uh, few seasons or few weeks I mean
1: I mean to me like I get what you're saying with the defense because like or uh what and trying to impress other teams but I think he's legitimately trying to be the franchise quarterback of the Jaguars long term and he's proven he can put up the points it's not a matter of fact he doesn't have the ability I think if he does well enough they could keep him and then draft some defensive side of the wall because I think that's their one need. They have such an amazing young core on offense, like I said, with their weapons and whatnot. That they have I think they could have possibly found their guy in Gardner Minshew and then just build up that defense which they trade all their pieces. But bring in some pieces on defense. I uh, and then I think they'll be solid moving forward. I'm not saying a playoff team, but I think Gardner Minshew, even as good as Trevor Lawrence could be, I think Gardner Minshew is proving right now that he at least deserves more games.
0: Yeah, we'll see, and it'll be interesting to watch over the next few weeks what the Jaguars can do from a winning perspective. But uh, yeah, great point there from the Jaguars. Keeping it close there against the Titans. Uh, the Buffalo Bills—they're leading the AFC East. Uh, are they? I mean, are they good, or we sh- should we be suspicious of the Bills?
1: No, I think I think last season's. Uh, uh, performance just showed how good they could be and with the added um, addition of Stefan Diggs like I see this team I know they've only beaten the Dolphins and the Jets so far but I see this team as a real contender who can challenge the Patriots for the AFCs, which I believe they are on top of the AFC East right now with the Patriots losing so I'm definitely buying into the Bills we'll have to see once they face harder competition but I'm buying into this Bills team I, I am I am cautiously optimistic
0: about the Bills team. I think they can be good, but when it gets to the big stadium, the prime time, the big lights, and the big show, are they going to be able to get it done? I don't know. You know, they've yet to prove that. They got a big one this week with the Rams. I think should be fun to watch. Um, all right, Sam. Before we get out of here today, any any other things you want to add to to our lovely Monday Mayhem podcast?
1: Um, not really. Uh, I got another win in fantasy, as I mentioned, hoping to make it three straight. Other than that, I'm. I think I've had a pretty good week so far. Yeah,
0: it's been good. Hopefully yours will be good as well. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Straight Up Sports Talk on Twitter. Uh, we'll be tweeting the latest episodes there. Uh, we thank you for tuning in. And uh, if you uh, miss any episodes, you can find us, the archive, on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. them all there, wherever you get your podcasts, every single one of them. Go back and listen to them if you want. Um, and, uh, yeah, we hope you do that. And we hope you follow us on Twitter uh, for more updates uh, about this podcast. We'll come back Friday, weekend prep on Friday. We'll get you set for the weekend in the NFL and in college football. The SEC starts this week, Sam. It should be a fun week in college football, LSU, Alabama, um, all of the SEC teams in action this weekend, which should be fun to watch, um, and we're excited for it. Sam, thanks for uh, coming on as usual, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, or end of this week, I guess now. Uh, see you. <laughs> all right, Sam Thelman, I'm Grant Covey. We thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you on Friday for Weekend Prep.